history month i had a friend i'm not gonna call out who that person is and i don't blame them but um i was like oh yeah it's black history month and they're like oh it's black history month and i looked at them and i was like yes it's black history month so if you didn't know it is february and february is designated to being black history month i personally was just very curious um going into this wanting to be very educated so I was like I don't even honestly know why we choose February because you know how it's like that ongoing joke that <laughs> February is the shortest month of the year so why is it that Black History Month of all the months is in February and short story is it is Black History Month was actually started and founded by like two professors from the University of Chicago which my family is from Chicago, so I was like, okay, um, and they chose to do the month of February because it was the birthday of two very historical and prominent figures for the um, black community, one being Abraham Lincoln, which I don't know if they knew what I know about Abraham Lincoln or they didn't when they decided that, but if you didn't know Abraham Lincoln is really not that guy for the black people I would read up on it yourself but um also a short story of that is that like he one never really was for honestly equality or even integration he really just wanted to free the people because he didn't think we belonged here anyway like he wanted all of us in his ideal world to go back to Africa which you know blew my whole mind when I took African-American history in college but yeah so they chose it because we had Abraham Lincoln's birthday on I think it's at the 12th of February and then the one that I do think is valid is also Frederick Douglass's birthday um which if you don't know about him go look him up great guy wild hair fabulous um, and his birthday was on the 14th, if I'm not mistaken. So it was Abraham Lincoln's birthday and Frederick Douglass's birthday, both in February. And so they were like, if we're going to do any of the months in the year for Black History Month, um, we're going to do February. So that's how it started. Um, and for today's episode, films, like movies, really speak to me. And I feel like media is sort of the one of the first introductions a lot of people have to other cultures like for me that's how I tend to experience other cultures for the first time and then after doing so in person try to find ways to interact with those cultures um so today I wanted to focus on 
black films, specifically ones that I feel show the black experience and the struggles that we go through just living in America and being of darker skin color, while also not being too traumatizing or violent or just kind of like depicting just all the bad without all the good. Um, I honestly love that I was born black. I appreciate it so much. I have so much pride. Um, that's why like as much as I love Black History Month because that's when everyone else is celebrating it, I every day am actively trying to be like, this is where I come from. Um, so yeah, I did make a list. I only put five movies on the list just because of time because I'm going to like go into each and every single one of them. Obviously, this list could be a lot longer, um, which let me know if you would like to hear what else I would have put on the list. Um, if you're not, you should be following my Instagram account. Doesn't really matter the podcast. That's all one word. Really, really long. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to go over some movies that I made. I'm only including movies with a predominantly black cast and it was directed by a black person, which is why I won't be including movies like Waves, which I really like. If you haven't seen Waves, it has Sterling K. Knight and like a bunch of other people that I'm honestly blanking on the name of right now. Um, Taylor Russell, obviously. Live, love, laugh, Taylor. Um, but that was directed by a white person, so it just doesn't have the same context because to understand completely the way we live life and view life, you kind of do have to be one of us. Like, you can empathize, but you'll never fully, truly understand. So I will only be including predominantly black cast with a black director, and I also won't be including superhero movies. So as much as I love Black Panther, I'm saying that as it's literally on the screen in the background for me right now. I will not be including that on the list. I also won't be including movies that are just about like black people in general. Um, because I want to focus on like movies that do show the struggles and the trauma that we go through while also showing the beauty of it so I won't be doing movies like all of our rom-coms and things like Waiting to Exhale or Love and Basketball or I won't be doing Harlem Nights or Life or any of that um and also I wanted to say something and I totally forgot oh I won't be including um sort of like historically centered movies like 12 years of slave selma and um the emmett tell movie that just came out just because i feel like those obviously show this so i wanted to do movies that were kind of in the middle where they still are a movie with fictional characters but they are still reflecting um the life that we live so yeah i'm very excited buckle up strap up if you haven't seen any of these movies i highly recommend i really really like all of them as i was going through the list i honestly was realizing that in a way a lot of these kind of are like the black coming of age movies which just in general is my favorite genre so i kind of really liked going in and doing my research and learning more and more about these movies and yeah let's just get right into it okay so first up and this is in no particular order this was just me like 
listing it out. Um, first up is we have Moonlight. Moonlight came out back in 2016. It was directed by Barry Jenkins, who also did If Bill Street Could Talk, which I really like. And he worked on Charm City Kings, which is a movie that I wanted to include on this list. But there are other movies on this list that I wanted to talk about a little bit more. Um, so if you haven't seen either of those, but especially Charm City Kings, that's the one um, with Meek Mill, <laughs> which is why I think a lot of people are really excited about it. Um, so yeah, you should go check that out. But yeah, it was directed by Barry Jenkins, and essentially Moonlight was based on a book, and it was at adapted into a film, and it covers the story of this guy, Sharon, and his life. Um, I believe they're in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, and um, it goes through the three stages of his life, one when he's really little, um, like elementary school, one when he's high school, like co- um, teenager, and one when he's significantly older, like late 20s, something like that. And um, I just really liked this movie, one for the cast. Cast is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was nominated for a lot of Academy Awards. Um, and also the cinematography i'm such a sucker for cinematography like it genuinely is just aside from the messages that it has physically and aesthetically a beautiful film to watch there's a lot of purples there's a lot of blues um the main line from the movie which i think it said was the title of the book or if not it was one of the main bylines of the book that it's based off which is that black boys and moonlight look blue um And so, yeah, it just kind of plays on all those colors and things. And, um, yeah, I really loved Moonlight. Um, and I decided that for each of these movies, I was going to pick some of my favorite quotes. So one of my favorite quotes from Moonlight was, and this is from Sharon himself, who his mother was a drug addict don't really know what the situation is with his father so at a certain point in his life like in this at the end of the first stage of his life in the movie beginning of the second he goes off to live um with this guy um in the community and um so he just got like a lot of trauma a lot of pent-up rage um that he has a hard time expressing and so when he's talking to one of his friends, one of the things he says is, I cry so much sometimes I feel like I'm going to just turn into drops. And as a very emotional person in general, that just really like, oof, hit me in the chest. And also it was just really nice to hear coming out of a black man's voice because a lot of men in our society today in general just don't really emote a lot of their feelings or they don't express them let alone admit openly that they cry a lot (laughs) especially a black man like I feel like black men got kind of like the brunt end of um masculinity in that sense like we have to be harder we have to be stronger we have to be I don't know just more than honestly human like we're not allowed to be the basic function of human 
So when he said that, as he was sitting on the beach, which I'm a sucker for conversations at the beach, um, that he cried so much that he would just turn into drops. I just, I don't know. I really loved that. And I thought it was so, so, so poetic. And um, I'm also a sucker for like things that cue visual triggers in my head. So like I'm literally looking at him in this moonlight where he looks blue and he's talking about how sad and how frustrated and how angry he is and how he would just turn into drops like the water and all of it was just amazing um and then another one of my favorite quotes and kind of what I was getting into is Sharon um this movie which Surprise, surprise, in the black community got a lot of controversy because it depicts a relationship between a black man and a black man. And it is more than just a friendship or a brotherhood. It is a romance. Um, they do have feelings for each other. Um, and so in the second stage of Sharon's life, him and this guy, which I really wish I remembered his names. I swear on the other ones. <laughs> I do better and like doing more research this was just the first one that I started with but um Sharon and this guy in that same scene where he says he wish he could turn he not he wishes but sometimes he cries that he'd turn into drops um they share a kiss and after that um it doesn't really explain what happened but essentially the two grow apart and then in the third um, section of Sharon's life he decides to go and find this guy um, and he finds him at this diner that he works at and what he says to him is you're the only man that's ever touched me you're the only one I haven't really touched anyone since and mainly the reason why that had such an impact on me was one the actor's delivery like he plays Sharon so well he plays that rough hard exterior to other people but when you see that he's with people that he's comfortable with and willing to kind of like let his guard down he instantly just becomes this really soft honestly like little boy like you see the Sharon that we see in the first part of the movie and he's just really quiet really shy like just very few words and so for him to one even say something so open and honest like that and then two like to be a black man like saying that I honestly don't experience a lot of intimacy and I haven't experienced a lot of intimacy since then it just really like punctured me in the heart I love Moonlight like I honestly need to watch it again making this list made me realize how much I love all of these movies um and so yeah moonlight was very beautiful if you haven't seen it i will see that i would see that i'm gonna say that about all these movies but it's because they're amazing and they're written and produced and made by black people and the reason i wanted to make this episode in this list is because i wanted to show that we do have trauma like it is the world we live in like systemically that's just how it is and some people do like fold into it that's what happens they slip through the cracks but also there is a lot of beauty in our people and the fact that we've been through so much and it doesn't show on our skin like 
there's that saying black don't crack but it's true like you would think like after being beat and broken down by literally everyone and everything you think we would be ugly and mean but we're beautiful and funny and joyful and I just that's what people should be seeing in movies they shouldn't just be seeing us die and killed and for like no reason like or I don't want to say no reasons there are reasons but they should also be seeing the flip side of we live beautiful lives and we deserve to have those lives so that was Moonlight by Barry Jenkins um my next movie on the list this one is like honestly like my personal personal favorite to be honest I saw it in sorry I saw it in theaters um when it came out um it is clean and slim clean and slim came out in 2019 uh it was directed by Melina Matsukas I really hope I said that right which just for a little fun fact she directed a lot of music videos before getting into film I really hope you didn't hear that and if you did I'm so so sorry I don't know what's going on with my body but um Melina directed a lot of music videos one of the two most famous ones that you might be a little bit familiar with is she did we found love by Rihanna she directed that and she also directed one of the most iconic music videos of all time um formation by Beyonce I laughed when I said that but it is true like I really think if I'm not mistaken formation like literally set records as being one of the best music videos so do with that what you will so this movie was directed by Melina and the screenplay was written by Lena Waithe who is heavily involved with I don't know if she's director or she's just writer slash creator but um the shy which is a stars tv show that is still ongoing question mark i didn't watch the shy don't come for me but um lena with is just very very um significant in the community for black people because um her voice is so strong um so the fact that she wrote this screenplay and i'm obsessed with the screenplay is no surprise to me whatsoever but queen and slim was focused around the story of queen a woman and slim a guy and the movie starts with them going out on a date they met on either like bumble or tinder or one of them and they go on this date together and honestly they're not messing with each other like at all like he's saying things and she's like "Ooh, i don't like that and she's saying things and he's like "Ooh, i don't like that um and so they honestly plan on never seeing each other ever again at the end of this date but slim is like well let me take you home or let me drive you back to your car or something like that and so she's like oh whatever okay and during this drive back home um they get stopped by a cop um and he searches their car you know the whole deal and in the end of it what ends up happening is slim accidentally or uh, I don't remember who did it but one of them accidentally ends up killing the cop and it gets caught on the dash cam and so the rest of the film is literally them just on this whole mad chase away from the 
the cops and everyone's looking for them and they literally start in Ohio and the movie ends with them all the way in Florida so it's just like a huge 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 journey and all the while these two strangers who didn't know each other before just fall in love with each other um and it's just really beautiful and again cinematography is amazing which not surprised by learning now that she's a music video director some of the choices she makes I think are just absolutely stunning and the soundtrack was really good um I would put it up there with like the way the Black Panther soundtrack was very significant um there are voices on there from like Megan Thee Stallion, Music Soul Child, um, Sid, um, who's from the internet, um, I think Burna Boy has a song on that soundtrack, it's honestly just like, no skips, so good, um, and also I want to take note that we call them clean and slim, and it's interesting that we honestly, and you don't even notice, but you don't learn their actual legal names until, like the la one of the last shots of the film when they're doing the news coverage and they actually say their names and I love that because it's like Queen and Slim could be any of us and that's kind of like why we relate to them so much and see much of see so much of ourselves in them um so I really see again with the director choices like I really liked that we didn't know who their names were so that it wasn't like oh, it's these two characters, but it was like, oh, they're these two people who represent this entire community who experience things like this all the time. Um, I personally haven't been stopped in an interaction. Thank God, it literally terrifies me every time I start driving that it'll happen to me. And it terrifies me to think that my brother is out there driving and that it could happen to him. Um, and if it has happened to you, I'm like so sorry. Um, and it's just a terrible thing that that happens so much and that so many bad things come from it. Um, it's really terrifying. So I'm just going to keep going because when I stop and I think about it a lot, it on one level angers me and frustrates me. And on the other level, it genuinely just does break my heart, um, which is why like when in media that's depicted, and they don't show the other side of that where we're just people I feel like that almost hurts the narrative even more because it just goes to show like why do we care about these people like they don't really have a story when in the truth is we do have a story and you're just not telling it so that's that um so because Queen and Slim is a romance movie <laughs> one of my favorite quotes involves that um so as they're going along this drive running away from the cops driving across the country they are and like I said they're strangers who just met on this first date they are literally just getting to know each other and they started off on a date so this is like a long ass date <laughs> and they're just continuing to ask each other questions and um they get to this bar in one of the cities that they stop in and they um are just dancing it's one of the few moments where you kind of feel like they're like taking a breath for a second and actually just like appreciating each other and so slim turns to clean and he's like what do you want in the sense of like what is it that you want from a partner or what is it that you want from love and what clean said, what clean says 
is I want a guy to show me myself. I want him to love me so deeply. I'm not afraid to show him how ugly I can be. I want him to show me scars I never knew I had, but I don't want him to make them go away. I want him to hold my hand while I nurse them myself, and I want him to cherish the bruises they leave behind. And I just really, really loved that (laughs) because, um, again, I'm very emotional. I'm very sensitive. I had a lot of things happen to me in the past, and so I'm just generally very protective of myself, and I feel like I have a lot of scars and a lot of bruises, and I feel like in today's society, like, a lot of people kind of want to skip to the end where they're healed, but it's in a sense where they're not looking at the scars and the bruises, they're trying to make them go away instead of recognizing them and seeing how beautiful they are and how they add to their story and their personal raw and so I just love that she was like I want him to see them and like help me learn to love them and through that I end up loving him and her delivery um queen is played by um Jody Turner Smith I think or Jody Smith Turner I think it's Jody Smith Turner and um this was one of the first roles I saw her in and she honestly like killed and Slim was played by Daniel Kalua and I think he also played it really well. His um depiction of Slim really reminded me a little bit of Sharon in the Moonlight as well. They both were just those very like laid back, observant, sort of not a lot of words type of guys, but when they do talk, like you're just like, Whoa, <laughs> you're saying a lot with a little bit of words buddy so um and he also has a really good answer to the question um she asked him a little bit later I didn't look it up so I'm just going off what I remember from the film but he says something about I want my girl to be my legacy like he's not about I don't know all that outward love like he says I don't need a lot of people to remember me as long as my girl remembers me like I'll live forever and like that's really all he wants um and I thought that was beautiful too I think the film's amazing and beautiful I cried I'm kind of crying a little bit now thinking about it um but that was Queen and Slim directed by Melina Matsukas and um I just again really love it really for the people and I don't think a lot of people saw that movie I might be completely wrong but I feel like whenever I bring it up I'm met with like oh I didn't get to see that one (laughs) which is valid but um I think it deserves to be seen honestly I will look into honestly buying it because it is just genuinely beautiful and yeah I really like that one okay the next one, hold on, let me get a sip of water. Ooh, okay. My next movie honestly traumatized me. I'm not gonna lie. I know I said that this one, this list is with movies that aren't traumatizing, but it was just traumatizing to me because I'm very, very sensitive. Um, like I literally went into a baby depression after watching this movie just because it made me think about a lot of things. But during quarantine, 
it was brought to my attention, which is not like I didn't know it, but it was brought to my attention that I honestly hadn't seen a lot of the black classic movies, and there's a lot of different reasons why a lot of people haven't seen them, but for me, it was mainly just like I had this view of a lot of them are like violent and traumatizing and like I said enough like it explains so much about my personality I'm just very sensitive with the content that I watch um and so a lot of black films to me are just very heavy and intense and they make me sad and but I had to get out of that and get out of my comfort zone and learn that these are stories that need to be told and stories that need to be seen so during quarantine I made a very very active effort to watch a lot of black films and this film was on that list that film being Jason's Lyric Jason's Lyric came out in 1994 it was directed by Doug McHenry I looked into him he worked on some other stuff like the house parties and other things but like I'm pretty sure this is one of the few films that he actually like directed um Jason's Lyric is about a guy named Jason and he lives in like the wards of Houston and he kind of like dreams of uh, moving away like he's very intelligent very smart um but ultimately he ends up staying behind in the wards even though everyone's like Jason like you're so smart man like you could totally make it outside of here but he ends up staying because he wants to help provide and take care of his mother and also his little brother who we find out they're like a bit older in this movie like I want to say late 20s maybe mid 20s um and he wants to take care of also his younger brother who was just released from prison like his younger brother's totally involved in like gangs and just trouble and has been arrested a couple times in and out of prison um and he's just like I can't leave like I have to stay here and help my family um and so that's just kind of the life he lives like he's just like I'm just trying to pay the bills sort of situation I'm just trying to keep my brother alive but then he meets this girl named Lyric who is played by Jada Pinkett Smith and um she's like you could be so much more than this and he ends up falling in love with her and she falls in love with him and as you can see I'm a sucker for the romances love just really speaks to me in general I feel like love is life-altering love is ever evolving and I feel like if you have love you can't really lose so that's why these movies really speak to me the most and that's why I feel like they are less hurtful to me because they have that aspect and it makes me feel very hopeful um but yeah we have Jason's lyric in Jason another part of his story that we learn is that his dad who I think was Samuel Jackson don't quote me on that but his dad was an alcoholic who abused his mother and I won't say what happens with the dad because that's kind of like a really big plot point in the movie but um the situation with his father and the domestic violence and coupled with his little brother and him being like children when all of it happened just created this whole like trauma cocktail and it just really messed with Jason and it kind of prevented him from ever thinking that one he could love himself um, which is why when Lyric came he was so 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 surprised and two um, that he could ever like leave even though his mother was also one of those people saying Jason you gotta go and he's like how can I leave you like this 
but um yeah so that's sort of jason's story and i have two quotes from this one because i want to do the quote about um the trauma sort of situation side of it and i have a quote for the love sort of side of it because it really is like a romance at the end of the day with like sprinkles of the other stuff or i'm not saying sprinkles like it it literally it literally is like split down the middle like 50 50 um in terms of what the plot is about but um my first favorite quote is and this is from jason and i don't know at what point he says this in the movie but i want to say this is one of the last sort of things that he says in the movie and he says ghost i guess everyone lives with them some good some bad but memories won't let you forget they have a way of boomeranging changing a life forever um that one really stuck with me because again like i said i feel like when you have trauma you can either go one of the two ways um you can go in the way of like moving on but not really addressing the problem like you're just kind of constantly running away from it which is why like i like that he says like they have a way of boomeranging they just like keep coming back over and over and over again and you're like dang i really thought i got away from this but the truth is like you really didn't process it at all whereas the other way like the queen and slim way to me is addressing them recognizing them saying yes you are real but you will not control me um is the other kind of way so that when these ghosts and these memories do boomerang it doesn't flip you on your ass but you're able to look at it in his face and be like you don't scare me or i can handle you um so i really liked that because in the black community specifically us just being alive (laughs) we have a lot of trauma i feel like even if you live in a happy household with two parents in like the nice house and you go to like a decent school you still as a black person in america are going to have that racial systemic trauma like that's the world that we live in i wish it wasn't but that's what it is so that's why i really like that quote he says memories won't let you forget they have a way of they have a way of boomeranging changing a life forever um the other quote that i really love is um lyric has a best friend and her name is marty marty I don't know why I said it like that. It's because she spells it M-A-R-T-I, but it's just Marty. She's really funny in general. She's kind of like one of the comedic reliefs of the film. Um, And I really like her. And she's got cool hair, cool nails, cool style. Like, she's just down, you know? You know how you have that one friend who's just, like, cool? Like, genuinely cool. Um, They don't have to try. Like, they just are. Um, That was Marty and marty and lyric work together at this like food restaurant and lyric's sort of like complaining about her and jason and she's like jason did this this and that and he won't forget about this this and that and um marty is sort of talking about her love situation which is like the complete opposite and he just sort of like takes advantage of her um but it's in a way where she also takes advantage of him like toxic but like in her view controlled toxicity (laughs) and what she says to lyric is the wars ain't full of jason's what she found was quiet in a world full of thunder 
I ain't got no choice but to listen to it, and you do. I really liked that because from the perspective of in the film, I think that's really true. I think that they really live in a very chaotic, um, there's a lot of gang violence in the movie, like throughout the film his brother just out of prison and like I think on probation maybe not on probation but just out of prison is already up to no good he's like planning deals and all this stuff and getting into even more trouble even though he just got out of it quote unquote and Jason's constantly having to get him out of this trouble constantly having to get involved Lyric also has her own situation going on and there's just a lot of stuff going on and so for the two of them to come together during all of this and find solace in each other and also like physically in the film they go away a lot like they have this spot in the wards that are like in the woods that they go to and there's one point in the movie where he's like man it's like really quiet out here like I kind of wish I brought a speaker and she's like you don't need a speaker like you just have to listen like all of this is already speaking to you and they like go to train tracks like they just go to these very isolated places kind of away from everything so I really liked that she recognized that emotionally but also physically like you found a quiet in a world full of thunder and like after her friend told her that lyric was like damn like I really did like find something really special that a lot of people don't see um around here and so yeah I really like that quote it really spoke to me um yeah Jason's lyric really well made great characters the sex scenes were like intense like there's a couple of them and I'm like oh my god I feel like I shouldn't be watching this it's very personal but um, overall, great film. Overall, definitely fits the bill of this list, which is shows the struggles, but also shows the beauty and the love. And the ending is just, the ending is a lot. Like, the ending of the next two movies as well is a lot. This one, though, I was just like, I literally, like, cried. And I'm not joking. I did, like, shut down. I, like, had to take a whole day after just to recuperate. <laughs> because I was so emotionally spent and with me like whenever I have a thought I like keep thinking about it so I was constantly like thinking about the end of the movie even after I watched it and I was like ugh, this one this one really really hurt me um but it is beautiful so Jason's lyric I would watch that one I feel like also that one isn't really talked about um when we think about the movies I feel like all our other movies kind of like get talked about a lot more like I said like the love and basketballs and the waiting to exhales and but I feel like these these are also um going back to what I said in the very very beginning how I was noticing that these sort of feel like the coming of age movies they're also kind of like the indie movies and I just I'm such an indie movie girly <laughs> Um, so I can understand why this one isn't talked about as much, but yes, Jason's lyric. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, my next film is pretty iconic in the community and just in general. One thing that I was noticing is because, like, in my head, these sort of feel like the indie movies, 
I feel like they have a low budget and I think in like the grand scheme of movie making they do have a low budget like for context um everything everywhere all at once um which is like the Asian cast led movie that came out last year that is also really phenomenal and winning a lot of awards right now that is considered a low budget movie and the budget for that movie was 25 million um the budget for these movies was like five to six to seven million so it's really not a lot of money in the media industry to make a movie but in the box office every single one of these films except for um jason's lyric i don't know how well jason's lyric did every single one of these movies like honestly smashed it out of the park made millions of dollars um and yeah so that's one of these this is menace to society (laughs) menace to society is one of my brother's favorite movies like he could quote that movie off the top of his head by heart anytime if you ask him so i constantly constantly grew up hearing about this movie had honestly never seen it until i was in high school um which i know is late but like i said i just i have to be very cautious of what i watch because the fact that a movie like jason's lyric sent me into like a little depression mode i have to be careful (laughs) i can't just be throwing on movies like everybody else um so yeah i didn't watch menace to society until i was in high school and I remember watching it on a plane. I don't know exactly where I was going, but it was one of those ones that I downloaded and was like, okay, I need to finally stop messing around and watch this movie. Um, Miss Society was made in 1993. It was directed by Alan and Albert Hughes, who also did Dead Presidents with Lorenz Tate as well. Um, And it's mainly about this guy named Kane and his life in LA specifically like the Watts Crenshaw area um and the movie like starts already sort of like quitted slim just like straight in there um and it starts with an incident in a liquor store where Kane and his friend O-Dog like go in to buy some liquor and they get provoked by the store owners and his friend O-Dog ends up killing the store owner and everything is recorded on these tapes and so O-Dog literally like kills them um empties out the cashier and takes the tapes and then they both like run and after that we just get started on this whole journey um just absolute roller coaster like honestly never get a second to breathe during this movie uh, and that's how we start And we end up learning that Kane was raised by his grandparents because his mom was a heroin addict and his dad was a drug dealer. And so his Christian grandparents raised him and they raised him saying like, you know, Kane, you can't keep doing this. (laughs) Like if you keep going down this path, you are going to die or like something really bad is going to happen to you. And, you know, like, the way it works in those neighborhoods is that it really is just a cycle. Like, that's why when people are like, systemic racism doesn't exist, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it's so obvious how literally just being born and bred into that sort of environment already, like, 
sets you up to potentially continue to live and go on in that environment and have kids who live and go on in that environment unless you're out here breaking generational trauma and generational curses it kind of honestly isn't happening so that's where we're at with this one um so yeah it's just about Kane and like his life um after the incident a bunch of stuff happens um I don't want to give like a lot of it away I feel like if I say anything it's gonna give it away and I want you guys to watch it and I want you to go in if you haven't seen it before with like not knowing this information and if you have seen it before you know exactly what I'm talking about but um basically Kane gets involved in this sort of like I don't like saying turf war (laughs) because that gives me like fast and furious vibes but essentially he gets caught in this like eye for an eye situation um with some other gang members like he did something to them then they did something to him then he did something to them and then he does something to them um and if you know you know um and yeah and I really like this movie one for the LA representation like I feel like a lot of movies are made in LA but they're not in the parts of LA where this sucks to say but it's part of the problem where a lot of black people are um like for us when we watch this movie we're like oh I recognize that I recognize that I recognize that whereas a lot of the other movies in mainstream medium are in like honestly Hollywood which is in LA County (laughs) but it's not in LA specifically even though I'm from Carson so I don't have much much to speak on but I definitely know that LA isn't being represented in the way that it actually is and looks like um so yeah some of my favorite quotes from Menace to Society I have two because it's pretty like chock full of dialogue and really good dialogue um one of the first ones is just addressing what I was sort of talking about with like the cyclic like um, you're born in it, you grow up in it, you die in it sort of situation. Um, and so what Kane says concerning his parents, the drug dealer father and his heroin addict mother, he says growing up with parents like that, I heard a lot and I saw a lot. I caught on to the criminal life real quick. Instead of keeping me out of trouble, they turned me on to it. And that in itself, like, I feel like for anyone of all all cultures, all races, all backgrounds, like, we all are at risk of, like, honestly, on a level, our parents fucking us up. It just is a thing. Like, there's no way around it. If your parents are good then you have little trauma but if they're not you just got issues for life unless you go to therapy so but especially in the black community and in these um lower income communities where we're flooded with drugs and alcohol and just like poor educational resources like that's another thing um our schools just significantly have less resources one thing that's kind of been coming up and honestly triggering me a little bit is talking to my roommates sometimes and like they'll describe things that they had at their school or that they experienced at their school and me coming from going to um high school in Compton 
I'm like, girl, we did not have that. Like, they, it's just, it's the physical things. Like, they had a swimming pool. We didn't have a swimming pool. They had a football field. We didn't even have a football field. Even though I think my school specifically was just a different case. But still, just things like that. But also just, like, on the um, academic level, like, I just feel like we don't have as many books. Like, we don't have as many teachers. We don't have as much of a well-drawn-out curriculum. Like, just all these things that other communities have that we don't and it's because no one gives a fuck about us um so yeah him saying that it was kind of a double thing where it's like community side they put me onto trouble um because they're my parents and when your parents don't love you and provide for you you get fucked up but also on the systemic side where it's like i'm a black man in america and my parents didn't even give a fuck about me so now i'm even more fucked up um so yeah why i really like that quote and then the other quote which is literally like the last thing we ever um hear in the movie and it's said by the main character kane um in a voiceover which i am like 50 50 on whether i like voiceovers or not it depends on the context and like the form of media but in minister society i do actually really like it because Um, again, I feel like just black men in general aren't taught to be very communicative with their feelings and this voiceover is kind of like one of the times where we actually hear what he's thinking and he's feeling, um, aside from like what he's doing physically, like not expressing it. So in this voiceovers, literally like some of the last lines in the movie, he says, after stomping Eileen's cousin like that, I knew I was going to have to deal with that fool someday. Damn, I never thought he'd come back like this, blasting. Like I said, it was funny like that in the hood sometimes. I mean, you never know what was going to happen or when. I'd done too much to turn back, and I'd done too much to go on. I guess, in the end, it all catches up with you. My grandpa asked me one time if I ever care whether I live or die. Yeah, I do. Now it's too late. This was really sad (laughs) because... I think the reality of a lot of situations for black people is, is like, okay, I'm about to get into a whole rant. I think a lot of the ordeals and the issues with living life in the black community is, is we don't really live. Like everything is about survival, whether that's like physically, like if you're in, um, heavily gang concentrated communities like you're physically just trying to survive and live like a lot of people are like I don't even know if I'm gonna make it to 18 like that's a line in the movie um his friend is like you are a black man in Crenshaw and you made it to 18 like be happy that you even made it that far but it's also just like emotionally and like I don't know how to say it whether it's like school or in the workforce surviving like we don't just get to walk into certain school programs. We have to fight to get there. We don't get to just walk into certain jobs. We have to fight to get those jobs. And, like, everything is less about, like, me focusing on just living and being a human being and more of me constantly having to explain and fight and describe why I get to live in the first place, which is just a really hard and frustrating existence to live. Like, I don't think people understand how taxing that is like it's hard to just be a human in general let alone to be a human where you have no resources no one cares about you 
um, in the systemic sense. The black community is really, really strong. We love supporting each other and we make an emphasis to support each other because we don't have support from other people. Um, so yeah, it's just like we're constantly in survival mode and everyone wonders why, even though it gets played up and I really think it is a stereotype, we're so angry and we're so frustrated and it's like, well, what would you be if you were in this situation? Um, so yeah, I think it's all about survival and so for him to say like, my grandpa asked me one time if I care whether I live or die, yeah, I do, but now it's too late. I'm just like, you're 18, I think 19, I don't know if you had a birthday within the span of the movie, but you're 18, and these are the things that you're thinking about, like, whereas other people are, like, going out with their friends, and, like, going to college, and it's just like, this is what you have to think about, and that makes me really sad, because I think that's a reality, a reality, (laughs) I think that's a reality for, like, a decent amount of us. Um, And if it's not, like, we're lucky and we're blessed, which how fucked is that is to say that if I'm not constantly thinking about my life, which maybe I am because, like I said, like, I could get stopped by a cop on the traffic stop who just is having a bad day and he wants to cause a problem. And now my life's put in question. So, I don't know. It's just a very hard sort of situation. But the reason this movie is on this list because it does address those things, but... It shows a lot of, like, the, I want to say, like, the mindset of the black community and how we're all just trying to rally behind each other. And, like, Kane constantly has people in his life telling him, like, you can get out of this. You can move on. Like, he's supposed to go to Atlanta um, and start a new life, get a new job. And it's, like, that constant hope of, like, it can get better like systemically yes the odds aren't in our favor but we can fight against those odds to fight for something better and I think that it did a really good job of depicting like what it is and not sugarcoating it but also showing that like we're more than that and we can be more than that so I really like Menace to Society this is one of the movies that I had to research the most in preparing for this just because I hadn't seen it since high school and I would tell you I would watch it again and I'm not saying no I wouldn't watch it again alone I would watch it again with someone else like someone who hasn't seen it or if like I go home and my brother's like I want to watch Menace to Society I would watch it with him um because if you know (laughs) this film then you know what I'm talking about but again it's just like hard to address but I think they do do it in a really really nice way like I remember watching this movie and being like wow like that was a movie (laughs) um so yeah Menace to Society um directed by uh Albert and Alan Hughes great film go watch it so that was movie four out of five um i do have one more movie left kind of sad because i've really been enjoying this but also i'm getting to the point where i've been talking a lot and my throat is really dry (laughs) so um and that's why i decided to cut it off at five again this list would be a little bit longer um this is a very specific bill that i'm fitting especially with all my exemptions and stuff but i definitely think i could have added more things 
but um just to really like go into this deep dive and to talk about every one of them i think five was a good number so coming out at number five which again it was in no particular order of favoritism or anything this was just kind of like how i ended up drafting it we have boys in the hood which i just went to la um because i went to disneyland for valentine's day and uh we went to a thrift store and i found a boys in the hood hoodie and it's like light brown and it has ice cube on it and it has like the sunset and the palm trees of la and it says um boys in the hood and it has like like the explicit sign that you see on like album covers but it doesn't say explicit it says um it says south central and i'm like oh i'm obsessed like i really like that hoodie um so anyways boys in the hood i'm sure most of you have heard of it even if you haven't seen it because uh, it was also based on uh, an Easy E song, like that's where the name came from a little bit. Um, it was kind of inspired by that. And the movie came out in 1991. This is one of the oldest movies on this list. Um, and it was directed by John Singleton, which R.I.P. That one was really rough for me because I really admired that man and do admire that man. Um, he also gave us so, so, so much content. He gave us Poetic Justice. He gave us the TV show Snowfall, which is still ongoing. A new season just dropped, um, or not dropped, but is coming out. Um, he gave us Baby Boy. He gave us Higher Learning, which if you are in college or about to go to college or just kind of like in your early 20s sort of situation, I would completely go watch Higher Learning. Um, I remember watching that film and thinking like the fact that this movie came out so long ago and it represents so many ideals and themes that are significant now in 2023. Like there was um, a lot of racial intersection. Um, there was gun violence. Um, one of the characters was coming to terms with her sexuality as a queer person. There was just a lot of things that like in that time you'd be surprised that that movie was openly and honestly talking about. Um, and also the cast was stacked. Uh, the reason it's honestly not on this list, like I would have put it on this list, is it isn't a majority black cast. Like I said, like it's a lot of racial um, integration. Um, and I wanted to focus mainly on black people for Black History Month, but Higher Learning is fantastic. And also, funnily enough, John Singleton directed Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> so this man has had his hand in a lot and lot, a lot of things. Um, as I was doing research, I didn't know this, but, and it makes a lot of sense because it came out in 1991, but Boys in the Hood was a breakout for like, honestly everyone involved um for the actors it was a breakout role for ice cube breakout role for cuba gooding jr who plays lead uh, morris chestnut who if he was any younger my man my man my man and it was also a breakout role for nia long but above that it was also john singleton's like breakout role he honestly wrote this script and submitted it as a part of his application for film school like this was just to get him into school and it got picked up and within the next year he was being oscar nominated for best director which he was at the time the youngest person ever to be nominated for the category and also the first african-american 
to be nominated for the category. So John Singleton was out here trailblazing, setting amazing, amazing, amazing precedents for young black people wanting to go into film, media, or anything like that. So that's why I really like him. But anyways, Boys in the Hood um, is about this guy named Trey, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., and when he's really young, he lives with his mom and he gets into this incident and she's like, I can't do this anymore. You need to go live with your dad. And so he goes to live with his dad in South Central LA and he has these neighborhood friends, Doughboy and Ricky, who are half brothers. And um, they honestly all kind of represent different um sort of alleyways for their future like um trey cuba gooding's character is like in a relationship just kind of like studious enough like intelligent because his father is very hard on him to be on his academics and he's set up to go to college and we've got ricky who's like the quarterback and he's trying to get a football scholarship but he also has a kid so it's like representing that side of being like a young parent which is a theme in the black community um and then also we've got doughboy who's like in a gang in and out of prison just like the troublemaker of the three of them and so you got all these like different three different sides within this one friend group um and so yeah it's like just dealing with like their lives and like sort of their last moments in high school um and in the end it ultimately is about revenge I won't say why because that kind of gives it away but it's about revenge and like being faced with a choice and knowing which path you want to take in your life um which is the theme in a lot of these movies um and so yeah that um it's sort of the background and story of Boys in the Hood. I don't want to get into it because Boys in the Hood is very much about um, what happens in it. And what happens in it is um, too revealing. Like, that's literally all I could tell without giving too much of the story away. But um, I also have two quotes from this movie because, again, John Singleton is just an amazing writer. Um as well as a director and so there are a lot of like little one-off phrases and things in this movie um but we have this one quote from doughboy's character about his brother ricky and he says um i turned on the tv this morning and they had this shit on about living in a violent world showed all these foreign places and i started thinking man either they don't know don't show or don't care about what's going on in the hood man all this foreign shit and they didn't have shit on my brother and i really liked that quote because i also agree i feel like the stories that you see on the news about black people and the interactions that black people have with enforce like law enforcement or anything else like that is only honestly only like five percent of what actually is happening like let's say within a month we have a hundred deaths which it's way significantly more than that um or like a hundred girls missing that is a very 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 big issue right now that a lot of people don't know about because it's not being televised 
but specifically black women are going missing across the country and no one is talking about it it is not on tv at all it is not spoken about because it's not newsworthy enough meanwhile they got all this other stuff and trump gets all this airtime, and all this other stuff is so much more important than what's actually happening to the community and so that's why i really liked that dill boy said that because it's obviously so true like people pick and choose which of our stories they want to tell instead of just telling all of them truthfully and honestly um so i really liked that he said that and then playing to the systemic part of it that we've kind of been talking about throughout this episode with all of these movies is a quote from furious styles who is trey the main character's um dad very educated man um very pro-black um and what he says is um he's talking to someone and he's like trying to prove a point and he's like why is it that there's a gun shop on almost every corner in this community and another guy goes why and he says i'll tell you why for the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every community oh i'm sorry on almost every corner in the black community why they want us to kill ourselves and that just speaks for itself like it's so true if you drive around we have liquor stores everywhere they flood our community with drugs like yes we help to circulate it um because for a lot of people like that kind of is the only way not the only way because what these movies are showing is is like you have a choice like one of them is harder than the other but um systemically this is a lot of way that people have learned to make their money is by selling drugs but it's like we didn't put them there we didn't fly the planes in here we didn't go to these other countries and get them and put them here like someone put them in our communities and they're using it to not only one demonize us like that was part of um i would watch there's a lot of movies and documentaries on how law enforcement and presidents have used drugs like war on drugs against the black community to imprison us and in a way enslave us again um through like prison labor work but also ooh, i lost my train of thought i was so in it y'all dang what was i gonna say Yeah, but also, like, just finding ways to just honestly wipe us off the map. Like, they never wanted us here in the first place, which is seen by people like Abraham Lincoln, even though Black History Month is during February, partly because of him. But it's like, everyone doesn't care about us. And for the Black diaspora, it's even more complicated because it's like, we're not seen and recognized by people who brought us here to this country unwillingly but also we're not seen and recognized from people who still come from the motherland of africa like they also have a problem with us (laughs) they think we're lazy um and they have a lot of other things to say so it's just like we literally are on the outs from even our own people and it's all in systemic and embedded and unavoidable and inescapable or not inescapable but it's like the situation that we're in um so yeah 
that's why I really like that quote because I just think it's really powerful what he said within those two few lines. And um, there's a really powerful scene between Trey and his dad that happens a little bit later in the movie where it comes to sort of what I was talking about, like the quote-unquote choice debate. I don't like using the word choice because, like I said, at an extent, we don't have a lot of options being black in America, but I'm going to say decision um, because I feel like decision sounds like you're recognizing your circumstances and um, deciding how you want to go about them, which is why I like Boys in the Hood because you can see that all three of these boys who grew up in the same neighborhood and grew up with the same lives made three different decisions. And um, that's why it's on this list because I feel like it shows that there are multiple ways of going about uh, living this experience as being black in America. And so yeah, John Singleton is fantastic. I really do love everything he's made. I also love Barry Jenkins. I wasn't realizing how many movies he directed that I really like. Um, And so yeah, that was my list of movies for Black History Month. I want to take a second to say that I know Spike Lee isn't on this list at all, which is a shock to you and almost even more of a shock to me. Um, because he literally is our number one, if not one of the number one black directors that we have. Um, but I don't know, just like I said, like the concept that I had from this, I just had a very specific view of the movies that I wanted to be on here. And I feel like though Spike does make politicized movies about the community, um, they focus more on like sort of the fiction side of things. Um, although I will say that he has a movie called School Days, which came out in, uh, ooh, I don't know, it was either the 80s or the 90s, and the ending of that movie is very, very politically, um, ooh, how do you say that? I don't know, it's just very impactful, and it takes on the political side of things, and, um, I really like School Days. Again, college movie. If you're in college or around that age and you want to watch a movie about that, School Days is a good one. Um, but yeah, I I think it sucks that Spike isn't on here. But I do want to take this time to say that I appreciate and love Spike. And he has done so much for our community that does not go unrecognized. And um, I am sorry that he couldn't be on this list. But this was my list and I'm happy and I'm sticking to it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of it for this episode. Um, we talked about a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, again, I chose to do this because movies just really speak to me and I feel like they speak to a lot of other people and I feel like I love and appreciate movies about black people that obviously recognize the world that we live in and don't sugarcoat that because we need to know and other people need to know that this is what we experience but also they should be showing how beautiful and how prideful we are and um and out throughout all these movies i feel like they have that and um they just show how strong and resilient we are but also how emotional we are and how passionate we are and how human we are which is what we are because people forget, 
but um yeah if you think there was a movie that should have been on this list which again i know it could have been longer but if you think there was a movie that should have been on this list that you would have added to it or if you have any disagreements with me i would love to hear that or if you just have any thoughts and opinions whatsoever feel free to reach out to me on my instagram at doesn't really matter the podcast and if you just have any ideas for episodes in general send those to me i'm always looking for outside opinions and yeah happy black history month may freedom ring um I wish I knew the Black National Anthem by heart. It's escaping me right now. But um, yes, um, I really liked addressing this. I love talking about my culture and I love sharing it with other people. And um, I'm just really happy to be black, baby. Uh, (laughs) Black and proud, young, gifted and black. And um, yeah, until next time. This was it for this episode. If you got this far and if you listen, I appreciate you so much and I love you and I'll see you next time. Bye. Me, you, and her.